Okay, we're recording. Ken right. Little. We've been talking about wrestling now for a while. <laughs> um, so I'm envious. You were just at WrestleMania. Um, the best I've ever done is um, when Raw and SmackDown used to do more regular tours. I used I went to uh, Edmonton, Calgary, and um, this is how old I am. Uh, the Raw and SmackDowns I went to is when um, Jericho Benoit were the top two baby faces. And um, it was Stone Cold Helmsley as, what was it, the two-man power trip, I think they were called. Because Austin was the world heavyweight champion, Helmsley was the intercontinental champion, and then they were both tag champs for a while. It was a very I, short-lived period. I don't remember Helmsley ever, or Helms ever, oh, sorry. Triple H. Triple, oh, yeah, okay, you're right, right, yeah. yeah. Sorry. I've, and they were called the two-man power trip. It was okay. right after um, Vince had helped... Uh, Stone Cold win the title. Yeah. Well, previous to this trip, I had actually been to one house show here in Regina, and it wasn't even the one back like this year. This in the last year, it was like five. Oh my. Was it the one with the wedding? Ah, uh, no, I can't remember. It was like the um, Tyson Kid or yeah the well that's the, way the new, yeah, okay. the new Heart Foundation or whatever Tyson Kid and uh, the Dynasty yeah yeah the Heart Dynasty like they were. They were just getting started, and Natalie was just getting called up, and they okay. were and they were feuding with Crime Time, and oh <laughs> one of the Crime Time guys couldn't make it, so it was a singles match there, and oh, that, okay. and like Drew McIntyre, I think he was on the card, but it was like before he debuted on Raw or SmackDown, so like nobody knew who he was, and like that's the one show I'd gone to before this, like. And I don't think I've ever gone to any like indie shows either, and so it was, it was quite the experience going to all these shows. Yeah, and then to see it on that big of a scale, like, because oh. I was in like Saddle Dome and um, it was a Rexall place at the time. Yeah. But um, the only really super notable thing at the time was um, the Raw was when Lance Storm ran in and super kicked the invasion kickoff. Oh wow! And then ran out and Shane got him in the car and they drove away. So we were just. Because they had bought them out, and there was just this kind of dead period, right? Yeah. And that's when Benoit and Jericho were on their big roll, right? And then, yeah, Lance Storm ran in and did the super kick, and the whole building was like, what the? Oh, like, my. Yeah, that would have been something to see. Yeah. But that, and then that's like the last live event I had been to for WWE until just the one that was just here with, um, yeah, Strowman and Reigns were the main event. Yeah. But, yeah, I remember, oh, God. 15 years ago we drove to Winnipeg because that was also the but it was just a house show yeah. but um the only the one cool part about that was um it was before Brock Lesnar debuted on the main roster and they had him work a squash match with Chris Canyon oh wow and so like I like Canyon when he was in WCW hey who's better than Canyon exactly and his Mortis gimmick was amazing also yeah and um yeah so I like I hear the who better than Canyon music and I'm like yeah woo Canyon <laughs> And um, then this mutant comes out with, and I don't think he had the back tattoo yet. I can't remember now. No, maybe he did have the back tattoo. I can't even remember what I, Brock looked like when he debuted. I, I think he always had the back tattoo. Maybe. But yeah, he just came out and like, there was no Heyman or anything yet, right? Like he yeah. wasn't the next big thing, but he just, he came out and he was still wearing like his Ohio Valley trunks and he just destroyed Canyon. And of course no one knew who he was. So I'm just like, well, this is bullshit. I love Canyon. <laughs> I honestly, oh, I didn't remember that Canyon was part of. He was the wrong. Invasion MVP. Oh, and I think he had the U.S. title when they started up that. Wow. But that was my wheelhouse. Like, I 
my wrestling love like how old are you i don't even know i am almost 40 okay so we're close i'm 43 and so like my love of wrestling kind of like it's there but like how much i watch it kind of peaks and grows right so like the hogan era i was big into it and then in the early 90s you become a teenager and partying happens and so i didn't see what did they call it the next generation which was like um one two three kid when Razor Ramon first started I wasn't watching a lot then and then when the NWO and the Attitude Era kind of started up I got back into it and watched through to about 2000 when did Eddie die 2003 4 5 something like that that was around when Angle was at his peak yeah and then I stopped watching and then I started again and like when Brett kind of reconciled with them so it's kind of a roller coaster thing I've been watching pretty much since I was a kid although I mean back in the day we didn't have you know obviously didn't have the network so i couldn't watch pay-per-views and you know and basically we got when raw first started we only got like an hour condensed uh, on like oh, really? on one of the canadian channels or whatever um and then it wasn't until i think you I think it was like university or whatever when they or tsn start, picked it up and or the score or whatever yeah, and, TSN was it for the longest time because yeah. that's how Landsberg got famous too. Was he yeah. had all those off the records and he'd get the wrestlers on. Yeah, but I think Vince owns part of the score, and that's when it moved to that. Hmm. I remember WWE or Vince McMahon or whatever, like they bought a chunk of the score, and then that be- all of a sudden all the shows moved to that network, hmm. and that's where he found what's her name too, Renee Young. Renee, yeah, because she used to do like the post Raw wrap up or post SmackDown wrap up. Yeah, yeah, aftermath. Was that nice? Good memory. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's still actually it's still on. Aftermath is on on. Well, it's now Sportsnet 360. But oh, is that what it's? Yeah. Okay. But because uh, it was bought out by, uh, yeah, bought out by Sportsnet. But yeah, no. Um, for a while there, like all of uh, Moro Ronaldo was on that show with her and Arda Ocal, who was I can't remember. He was one of the the. Um, they they brought him into the WWE to do the um, the uh, hey look who's coming to your neck of the woods yeah things and whatever that uh, I can't remember is but coming to him. your town soon yeah, <laughs> yeah. those guys that Scott Stanford does now and that but and so like all of them were that started that managed to get to the WWE however briefly I like Mario Ronaldo. I like his style. I I enjoy him as well. I'm happy that he's back and calling just, NXT and just yeah. See, it, and it it was JBL, wasn't it? Like he pretty much got accused of bullying, didn't he? Uh, yes. And he's apparently not the only person that JBL bullied. So then yeah, like I get that JBL's a decent commentator in that, but like I know who I would pick out of those two, but yeah. ones. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't even like the JBL gimmick, and I think he was the longest-running world heavyweight champion on SmackDown. Yeah. But. Yeah, I was never huge. Oh, sorry. I actually really liked Justin Hawk Bradshaw. Uh, and then, you know, they... Before he dyed his hair. Before he, yeah, became... Uh, Acolytes, Blackjack. then the APA. Well, he was a Blackjack. Right. And was it they, Wyndham that came in? Yeah, Barry Wyndham yeah. and him were the new Blackjacks or whatever. And then, yeah. 
I've been watching wrestling for all these times. My my memory is spotty, but there are certain things that I remember. I remember because yeah, he was like he was one of those like one of the eight hundred Texas looking wrestler cowboy guys because he oh. had like the vest and his uh, his shtick was that he branded people. He uh, he had like a, a a brand and that had like you know black ink on it or whatever. So it was like Terry after Funk's the, after the match. He would like brand them and he he branded Hakushi and Hakushi was so uh, distraught that he left the company. <laughs> That's when he see. Was and there. I don't even remember Hakushi's feud with Bret Hart. I remember the the head thing, like bringing it out of the bag or whatever. But yeah. I honest, yeah, I can't remember one Hakushi match. Uh, that's pretty much it. The one that he lost to Justin Bra- Just Justin Hawk Bradshaw or Bra- Leif- or yeah. It was yeah, yeah Justin Hawk Bradshaw because yeah, he would come would, in and go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But the mid that was mid nineties because yeah, yeah, not the greatest characters. Um, what I want to talk Duke oh. the Dumpster Drossy, come on. I C- talked classic. about him. I talked about him today. How weird is that? Him because. <laughs> It's so funny, like, my I do payroll for the government, and my office, I'll generously say, is 98% female. And so, um, um, we had a international, I don't know if he was a student or whatever, but he came over from Nigeria. And um, I have the original LJN Macho Man rubber wrestler sitting on my oh, desk, wow. and he saw it, and he's like, right away, we just started talking wrestling right away. And um, so, he's kind of like... It's so nice and refreshing to have him to chat with. And all we do is talk wrestling every single break when we see each other at work now. And um, it was super cool. But yeah, it's like someone from halfway around the world has come. <laughs> it took that for me to find someone at work to talk to wrestling with. Um, so who else went with you? You said Merv went with you to WrestleMania. Uh, yeah, uh, Merv and Wade. Uh, do I know Wade? Um, I don't think so. If he's not in the Magic or Reader's crew, I probably he, don't. So. He used to play Magic, but he's dropped out of it now. He mostly just does... Uh, he, he, he uh, He's a delivery driver for Domino's, and he plays video games, basically, and watches wrestling, so... Nice. Yeah, so... Yeah, no, we've... Yeah, we knew each other for... Well, we met through, through Magic, like, a decade ago, I guess, probably. And, uh, you know, he's moved on, and I've still played, and... and um, Actually, just he in back in October, I think it was uh, October or November. I was just randomly wandering through Safeway in the mall, and he was passing by, and he brought up the fact that he was planning this trip to WrestleMania, and uh, was I interested? And you know, and he hadn't actually. He didn't even ask me if I was interested. Uh, he was just saying he was planning on, and he was going to ask a few people, and I'm like. And I had, you know, recently come into some money and I'm like, absolutely, I want to go. <laughs> nice. That sounds awesome. And so he set the whole thing up. He, you know, got all the tickets to everything and booked the flights and booked the hotel and booked the rental car and even drove the rental car. It's nice to have a trip planner. Oh, my gosh. It was great. I was just like, I'm, absolutely. You, how much money do I owe you? Here you go. Here's a check. It was, <laughs> Tell me when to get on the plane. <laughs> pretty much. Nice. So you said you went up Wednesday, right? Uh, oh. We flew out Wednesday morning, and then we couldn't make our connection flight to LaGuardia because LaGuardia apparently was had super high winds. So we ended up staying the night in Toronto, and then flying to Detroit, and then down to New Orleans. Uh, managed to be on the same flight as Bobby Roode's wife. 
Oh, cool. From, from Toronto down to New Orleans. Uh, we, we were talking with her while waiting for our, for our flight and she, you know, and Wade was, you know, struck up a conversation with her and was asking who, who her favorite wrestler was. And she, she's like, Bobby Roode. <laughs> yeah, he's my husband. And that, and uh, Wade uh, either didn't hear her say that or didn't quite believe her because <laughs> it wasn't until like she was talking with somebody else in a different airport when he was like, oh my God, I didn't realize she was actually his wife. I'm like, yes. So if you're going to lie about who you're married to, you're not going <laughs> to... Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like, but I mean, yeah, it's although to be fair, uh, Bobby Roode is, you know, a Canadian wrestler from that area. So it's, it's that or what? The perfect 10 tie Dillager. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, yeah, I, but yeah, no. So did you take in all the festivities? Like, I know you said takeover, but did you do Hall of Fame? Uh, didn't do Hall of Fame. We went to, um, different wrestling shows that evening uh we went to fan access on on sunday uh which was really really quite cool um they were they actually during at fan access throughout the week they were holding like tournaments for the the basically the nxt belts and so um and so the tournaments culminated on on Sunday morning, and so I got to see Adam Cole's first defense of his newly won uh, North American Championship. Oh, cool! Uh, you know, got to see Shayna Baszler's first defense of her newly won title as well. Um, and yeah, and that, and so I, so Wade and I watched that, and Merv just went around and did all the other cool things you could do because there was you could do your own entrance and oh god they, you could please tell me he has that film somewhere <laughs> oh i don't think he has that filmed but uh he might he he also filmed his own promo which you know and, he, and so he did all of that sort of stuff and we're just like we're here for the wrestling uh i mean i walked through and looked at the exhibits and got a picture of my hand um in in with uh, in front of uh, Andre the Giant's hand. Well, they have the mold of his hand there. Yeah, massive. Like, I'm not a small man. That is like his hand is like twice the, my size, and like I have yet to watch that documentary. Oh, I I, I haven't recorded. Haven't watched it yet. But I have non wrestling uh, friends that are like, that was awesome. Then I have to be like, yeah, I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, no, it's uh, and then yeah, and we did uh, Takeover and mania and raw and smackdown so holy smoke yeah and then and then a bunch of indie shows too on top of that like we went to 13 shows total uh not include and then wrestlemania or fan access and wrestlecon so um which is which was packed and you could barely move and not my favorite part of the trip but they bring in some pretty cool people for WrestleCon, though, don't they? Oh, yeah. Like, a they, lot of the older school stuff kind of flies um, through that. Uh, Merv got uh, a an autograph from Hacksaw Jim Duggan signed on a 2 by 4 I'm a little <laughs> jealous, but I don't think it could have actually fit it in my thing. He actually also got to film a little vignette a little um, with, uh, with Ron Simmons and, you know, just saying damn to something, you know. <laughs> But yeah, like Edge and Christian were there and Lita and Trish were both there and 
Jake the Snake Roberts was there, and apparently um, David Hart Smith punched him. I yes. not I wasn't there to see it, but apparently it happened, and possibly that day that we were there, just later on. So. I saw the video about that on YouTube, and I was like, "What is this?" Yeah, Harry Smith punches yeah. Jake Roberts, and I'm like, and it's sad because the notion of Jake falling off the wagon and being an asshole is pretty believable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but. Like the yeah. whole DDP story with him is pretty was pretty cool to see, yeah. and Scott Hall too. Like, yeah, I. But so Merv <laughs> was more about like the the extra like. Yeah, he spent so much money on autographs and that sort of thing, and Wade and I we bought we bought shirts and we bought DVDs and spent our money on that sort of thing, and but I guess. Yeah, you know, Wade and I are more of the hardcore fans who, and Merv is like, has been a fan forever, but is more of a casual fan. So like we, you know, I don't watch much indie stuff, but I watched some stuff before we got there to just to sort of familiarize myself. And I pay attention to, you know, things other than WWE, even if I don't actually watch them. And so, yeah, like Jericho had just done that uh, uh, match with New Japan. I think. Yes. Yeah. Too. W- watched that. Fantastic. Oh wow! I mean, Kenny Omega is just amazing. We uh, we specifically went to the uh, the W or sorry the WrestleCon Super was it the WrestleCon Super Show? No, it's the WWN Super Show. Actually, was the the because the uh, it was the Golden Lovers supposed to be fighting the best friends uh, Chuck Taylor and uh, and oh oh I. I'm bad. I can't remember his name. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, but he his partner was injured, um, blew his bicep or whatever, like a, a few weeks before WrestleMania. So, so he was there, but he couldn't wrestle, and so, so they ended up getting Flip Gordon in from ROH to be the to be the partner. And yeah, the fans weren't weren't impressed. <laughs> you go from uh, from Trent Beretta. That's it. Sorry, Trent Beretta and Chucky e. T, who are like you know these you know fairly well-known tag team in the independent circuit and you know going up against Kota Ibushi and you know, Kenny Omega and then you're trade down to Flip Gordon but it was still a hell of a match and Kenny um, Kenny Omega is awesome he's by far my favorite I shouldn't say by far but he's definitely my favorite wrestler outside the WWE uh, Dalton Castle's right behind him I guess nice. a few notches down well Vince has been slowly raiding New Japan so well, yeah, there was rumors a year or two back that, you know, Kenny Omega's contract was up, but he apparently is happy where he is, and more power to him. Yeah, and, well, how long did AJ stick around over there? Oh, it was years and years, like, but, and, so... And, um, I guess he was, and, was it Prince Devitt? Prince Devitt, yeah. Yeah, um, he had a pretty good run there, too, oh, like... He, hey, he was the leader of the Bullet Club, the, the yeah. first leader of the Bullet Club, and the guy who founded it and then AJ took over after he left to go to the WWE and then yeah and then uh, Kenny Omega took over from AJ when AJ left and now it's I, I haven't guess, paid Cody. much attention is Cody Rhodes still over there yeah yeah okay. he's yeah I mean he's technically part of Ring of Honor as well but I mean they all sort of he's in Saskatoon right away too yeah it's yeah. weird because the local company the one that I kind of worked with for a while they got Cody Rhodes and Ryback, but then Ryback's the Regina show. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there'd be a lot of people who were like, you know, who, if the 
if it was just Ryback, and be like, that's awesome. And, but we could have gotten Cody. It's like, oh. Yeah. Just Ryback. But but it sounds like Saskatoon is way more into the indie scene. Like, they get bigger houses. And so yeah. it sounds like they're rewarding the Saskatoon crowd a little more. Fair enough. So, I, to... like I say, I've been a wrestling fan my entire life. I've never gone to a high impact wrestling show. So, oh, they're. Their main one of the year is tomorrow night, Spring Meltdown. Yeah, I play Magic on Fridays. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's my biggest thing. That's I play D and D, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just want to slowly go through and just kind of like, cause I'm I don't have the greatest sound system, so I couldn't hear the pops and a lot of the crowd stuff and everything. So like I sat here with my friend Olu, who showed up a few matches in or whatever. And we just kind of watched or whatever, but I didn't get a lot of the crowd sense. Like I did for the main event just because it was so overwhelming or whatever. Oh yeah. But, um, like, and seven hours, like, is that pushing it? I'm assuming there was events leading up to it. Well, let's see. So the, the gate opened about two thirty, and we, and basically everybody else was already in line and had been for, you know, half hour hour beforehand um and so and then the actual show didn't start like the pre-show started at four i think and then like for on the network but the actual matches didn't start until you know maybe 4 30 um but going to that event like the the entire card was stacked like you know and it's it's too bad the main event was the one that nobody wanted to watch because but even so like the energy level was through was up throughout the entire thing like i mean you know if you had told me before the the pay-per-view that braun Strowman's uh partner was going to be a random child from the audience and that the crowd would be chanting his name and completely into it. I would have said you're crazy because Nicholas is totally over. <laughs> oh my, he he is. He like there were Nicholas chants the next night on Raw, like and and throughout the main event too. Like there was a couple Nicholas chants because the people would rather have seen him, um, you know. And but uh, yeah, no, there's a uh, the the pyro was loud, but. When did the pyro go away? Because they talked oh. about that. They, they kept bringing it up like, oh, pyro's back. But when, when and why? Uh, it was a, I, from what I understand, it was a cost-saving thing. And so for the past year, they haven't really been doing it. Maybe longer. I'm not really sure. Even like, if, like, it's one of those things that I hadn't really noticed. And then, and then, and then yeah, Wade mentioned to me, oh, yeah, they're bringing back the pyro. I'm like, oh, wow. But no, having 70,000 people chanting yes at the same time uh, over and over again that was pretty loud um actually uh right behind us in the seats was uh izzy the uh bailey super fan from who always goes to all the nxt shows oh cool uh she and her parents were sitting right behind uh um not sure how old she is like 10 12 that girl can scream (laughs) uh when uh she thought she thought Bailey was going to win the battle royal. It was, you know, she was screaming, and then when she got everyone forgot out, about Naomi. Yeah, yeah. When Naomi <laughs> came back and and got and tossed her out, like that nearly broke my eardrum. Uh, but yeah, so that was 
yeah, those are the loudest things there. But I mean, there were, you know, Rusev Day chants going throughout, like beforehand and throughout. Um, a lot of Adam Cole Bay Bay chants, hmm. actually. Like someone who yellowed Adam Cole and like everybody would chant Bay Bay. Like he's really, nice. really, really popular too. So apparently. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then like, you know, just all sorts of random chants throughout. Yeah, like whenever I have time when I'm making breakfast and getting ready, I'll listen to like Dave Meltzer and stuff like that on big events for his feedback and stuff. And I guess um, WWE was really sick of like the pre-show being when the doors opened and like there being like a slowly filtering in crowd as the first pre-show stuff's going on. So I guess this year they really wanted it that like the building's full, then we start everything. And that it was super apparent. Like when you looked right from the... Andre the Giant Battle Royal. It was like full house, everyone ready to go, and yeah, just different from previous years. Um, uh, what did I guess I'll go down the line? Um, Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Are you liking Matt Hardy's version? Uh, yes. Um, that is one of the shirts I bought. Uh, is a Matt Hardy shirt, Woken shirt. Um, I. I've really liked Bray Wyatt all along and they've just not done him any favors with his the booking and so having him you know paired up with Matt Hardy it's you know it's really good I think it's going to help him and you know uh it's just and yeah like the crowd was really into it too when he showed up and then and helped help Matt because the lights so. there was what three of them left was it because uh, it was two of the former winners there was Corbin Matt Hardy and was it Mojo Raleigh? No, Mojo no. was gone much earlier. It was former it winners. Was, uh, I can't remember now. Anyways, yeah. but yeah, it's like it was down to those final guys and then the lights went out and yeah. all of a sudden. So that's the first big surprise of the night. Yeah. Because they did the final deletion a while. Was it called final deletion? I can't uh, remember. Yeah, something like that. And then, yeah, that was because, yeah, because like the way they were building that up, it was like, oh, this will be a match at WrestleMania. And then, nope. Okay. Just randomly on raw okay cool well didn't they fight on raw's 25th in like the old manhattan center kind of meaningless throwaway thing too uh well that was well before the matt hardy like the woken thing so i thought i thought maybe maybe that was when he turned into i can't remember i swear those two fought but yeah and it was sort of that was sort of the start of the woken gimmick and then it was matt losing and then and then yeah they just had this weird rivalry and almost blew it off before wrestlemania and then <laughs> and then yeah the, the the surprise turn at mania so it was like okay cool because you know yeah. and i do enjoy the combo like yeah. yeah they are they are fun together um i kind of hope they continue on for a while that they had with um jeff yes did you see that oh that that was great where they're all talking their language and then like who was with yeah Seth Rollins and Finn Balor were like what was that about and he's just like eh. <laughs> yeah yeah uh. no I yeah that was great I'm I'm also happy that they moved Jeff to Smackdown to get him away from Matt because I they kind of had to and so yeah it's uh, now Jeff can do his thing and Matt can just be woken and yeah no chance of brother Nero hit, coming around I which, do like that or, they called him that like I always remember hearing and reading that there was a lawsuit over who actually owned the broken gimmick. And so when they went woke and I'm like, okay, maybe that's their way around it. But 
it seems like it's over um apparently he actually won matt hardy won the lawsuit so he does that but they just decided to go with woken instead anyway so probably because it is kind of a buzzword to say you're yeah. woke yeah so and it you know allows wwe to sort of you know trademark it and reap all the benefits make it their own yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to glare over the 205 championship matchup because I honestly never watched the product. And it's just, there's, when I was young, it was there was Saturday morning superstars once a week for an hour and then pay-per-views like every six to eight months, right? And like, I can't keep up with everything so honest. And it's weird because like WCW, did you ever watch the old three-hour nitros? Like, oh, yeah. The cruiserweight stuff on there was some of my absolute favorite stuff. And it's weird that like, 205 Live just does not capture me. The people don't capture me. So, like, I just... Like, I... Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali, like, I wrote it down, and I know, like, nothing about them. Uh, 205 Live has actually gotten a lot better since Enzo left. And they brought in uh, Drake Maverick, um, former Rockstar Spud, to be the GM, and they had the tournament and that. And it's actually gotten a lot better, because I had stopped watching it for a few months, too, because... I just I was over Enzo and Enzo was the man there and it's like no wasn't buying it and so but it's actually gotten quite better it was a really good match but it yeah I mean it's everything else was amazing so like that's I can't cute, really remember it other than Cedric won yeah <laughs> yeah uh, yeah because like yeah like I love but also when you look at the WCW cruiserweights you're looking at like Malenko Guerrero early Chris Jericho and then, like, they had a super cast of, like, high-end, um, like, the Lucha Libre guys. Yeah. And then they brought in a few Japanese guys. Like, even Ultimo Dragon was there for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, Eddie Chavo. Like, it was such a stacked oh, division. Yeah. And even, like, when you're watching, like, um, Psychosis and... Um, oh, who was the guy in the skeleton costume? La Parca. La Parca like, yeah. even stuff like that. Like, they were all good matches, right? Yeah. And it's just... I find it weird that I'm not able to get into 205 Live at all. It's yeah. just... Well, like I say, yeah, I, for the longest time, I didn't care less about it, too. Because, yeah, they just were all so bland, really. Like, they yeah, tried just... to be different, and they just they weren't. And, you know, and but <clears throat> it has gotten a bit, quite a bit better, and, you know, but... There are less, like, old-school characters. Yeah. So it's like everybody's kind of themselves now. Like, yeah. But I do like the over the top characters. Like, that's why I enjoy Bray Wyatt and stuff like that. Like, yeah. Well, char- for a while there, Drew Gulak was doing his uh, PowerPoint presentations uh, for <laughs> how to make a better 205 Live. Uh, and then they've stopped that to make him more serious and a more just, you know, I'm going to rip your arm off type of guy. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, or Chokyoad, I guess, because that's his is a finishing move now as a choke but um we had talked about um the women's battle royal were you surprised that they didn't have um sasha and bailey have a match a little bit but i mean you've already had two women's championship matches and so i'm just i'm it was a little disappointing but also then you know because they still seem to be kind of your top female stars are not in it in the the battle royal and so you kind of have to have some star power there and so you know i mean i i love becky lynch uh i you know and naomi's great as well but i mean they you still need a little bit of you know interest in it i guess and it was it was it was really fun to watch actually just sort of the way it broke the way they booked it with you know like them sort of you know all ganging up on you know carmella first and tossing her out and and uh 
Dana Brooke then getting out, and then it's like you know they it was all the NXT girls getting surrounded and you know sort of that and you know it was it was it it was different than the men's battle royal, so yeah. that was that was really nice and that I mean the one thing about being there live is like it's way harder to follow the action like you can watch you could walk we, we had pretty good seats in the 100 level so we could see sort of most what happened in the ring and then there's the big jumbo screens or whatever for yeah. the stuff that's happening outside but still you know battle royals there's lots going on so it's <laughs> you know and also I, and without the commentary yeah, too, I was just going to say I had the advantage of commentary and yeah. switching of camera angles yeah. to what was actually mattered yeah so well, and and that was the thing keep like, talking I'm fixing my door because yeah I mean I uh, I had noticed in one of the camera shots that um, Naomi had was on the outside but I didn't I had didn't see what happened so I didn't know if she was eliminated or not and so when she came back she came in it was like oh I guess she's not eliminated uh, I but, totally forgot about her too like, yeah. well yeah but but yeah and so um, was there ever any mention in the crowd that they just dropped Moolah's name from that not really I mean, we talked about it some beforehand, but by by the time it happened, it was a non-issue. I think, you know, everyone was, you know, it's the women's battle royal. We yeah, don't, we don't care. Like, or we're just interested. It's mania. Let's let's get on with the show. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it was weird. Because like, and like, I didn't know that much about her. Like, I remember her. Like, my first WrestleMania that I remember, like, seeing stuff on TV, like Saturday Night's main events and stuff like that. Um, was leading up to two. Like, I kind of remember watching, like, some of the fallout from one, but I would have been pretty young at the time, right? So, like, that's what I knew of Mula was that. Like, I didn't know she had such a horrible, sketchy past. So. I had no idea until this happened. And, yeah, like, I was like, oh, my gosh. Because, you know, I just, like, she was the, you know, the women's champion forever. and Decades, yeah. You know, like, and that, and she was just, okay. And, yeah, and, like, I knew her from, you know, Rock and uh, Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. You know, she was one of the <laughs> awesome. one of the characters there, and that that's yeah. sort of the extent I knew her. And then, you know, and then um, was it WrestleMania three where she fought Wendy Richter with Cindy Lauper? That was one. That, that was, was right one? out of the gates. Okay. Yeah. Well, then, yeah. In any event, that was basically that was the extent that I knew her of and yeah so I just sort of assumed that oh yeah I know that that's a great name you know yeah because the May su- Young Classic was like I, well I was su- I was surprised when they called it the May Young Classic and I assumed it would be the, the Fabulous Moolah Classic but whatever you know May Young's you know a pioneer as well and that so fine looking in there and but it's like oh that would be why they went with May Young because she gave birth to Mark Henry's hand ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes sexual chocolate uh, that was great. Um, was there like a bit of a break to kind of tell you the line between the pre-show and then like the real WrestleMania besides like that again? Uh, not really. It was just sort of, you know, like ever. can't remember if there was a bit of a countdown or not. <laughs> um, yeah. Cause he, like, cause there, there was times when you could sort of see the, the, the pre-show, the, the pre-show panel in, you know, on the screen but not not much who was and it that, this year again it was booker was Lita there you, again i can't remember uh, you know what we didn't actually well sorry we you could tell that it was on from where we were but not who they didn't actually show it on yeah the, on the oh screen. they didn't actually yeah. put them up on the screen so, i thought they would 
No, uh, I kind of thought they would too, but they didn't, and so, so yeah. So I, I don't, I don't know. I didn't record the pre-show. Those were my bathroom them. breaks. Is when they brought up the panel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, I, I don't know. It was funny. Like when I went to wrestling school, they kind of talked the psychology of an event, and it was cool to hear wrestlers talk about this stuff, mm-hmm. and their whole thing about like. The first match, because they would say that wrestlers would always get insulted if they're put out first, right? They're like, oh, whatever. But then when they explained that the first match of the night is almost as important because you're setting the tone, right? And then I thought back because there was one WrestleMania where they started it with like Jericho versus Shawn Michaels first match out of the gate and I was like that's kind of insulting because I didn't know better at the time right and so like for this like was it pretty shocking for them to just go boom right into the IC match well not really I mean it's such a it's such a stacked card we were actually kind of figuring that's that's what would start it off just because like we we've been we you know we're I guess the smart marks and the, 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 <laughs> the hardcore fans who know that, yeah, you, you lead off with a barn burner of a match. And so like, so we were kind of surprised. We weren't overly surprised. I mean, and yeah, like, I mean, it was, it was one of my favorite matches, if not my favorite actual match of the, of the card, just be, from what happened. Cause I mean, I, you know, I love all the guys in it, you know, I feel um, the first two matches of the main card were two of my f- three favorites. Yeah. So, which was, but yeah, yeah, it's like you said, like come out with the wheels spinning and go and like, yeah. like, and Seth Rollins music is perfect. Oh, like just boom. Oh, yeah. And he, he got one of the biggest pops of the night, I think. Like, which I like, like, yeah. I think he was pretty bummed out by that injury. Like I liked oh. heel Seth Rollins when he was like, and he had, what was it? J and J security and corporate yeah. Kane looking out for him. And he was that yeah. pampered looked after future guy. Right. And like, I loved him. Like. I think they turned the shield too fast, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, I I would agree with that, but but yeah, it all turned out quite well for them. Um, or, Besides him blowing his knee out, but yeah, like I loved yeah. his entire run. Like it yeah. was great, and I'm happy that he's. The only thing that kind of sucked was the botched um, shield reunion. Yeah, because meningitis ruined it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that was. Yeah, I, that was. I have the network. That was one of the pay per views I did not see. Okay. Like, I just, you know. It I was, was all right, I but was like. busy and just didn't care. And they protected Kurt just pretty much by like hurting him and dragging him off on a gurney. Yeah. Um. So then it ended up being five on two, which. Yeah. It was all right. And like, I think everyone was counting down Kane and Braun Strowman fighting amongst themselves anyway. So like, yeah. it was, an, yeah, it was there. I watched just because I enjoyed the shield. Yeah. Um. Th- I thought the introduction of them back as what was it, punks kind of hired goons, and then the evolution of them. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like Rollins, Miz coming out second kind of threw me off, and he, like the commentary made him really sound like noble and baby faced. It was weird because he sent back his two guys right and gave yeah. him stuff and came to the ring. He's like, I'm gonna do this by myself, yeah. and. Like, have you listened to that match over again? No, no, I have not watched it. The whole commentary was like, he's turning over a new leaf. He just had a daughter. And and they built up all three guys pretty much as, like, all good guys. Well, and that's sort of the thing that, like, on this last week's SmackDown, like, you know, because he he led off with on uh, the Miz TV segment and he was, you know, Daniel Bryan was going to be his guest and he was all talking about how, like, you know, you know, I mean... 
when his daughter was born, it made him want to be a better man and that sort of thing. And so, you know, it's coming from Miz, so you're sort of thinking, yeah, that's kind of disingenuous, isn't it? But I don't know. And so we'll we'll see how it goes. But I, I still, yeah. the first thing I thought of when I heard Daniel Bryan coming back was like, okay, WrestleMania 35, Miz and Daniel Bryan. Like that's that's what I want. I mean, you can have it beforehand, but that's what I want. That's when I started like really, like when the because the Miz was himself, or at least he was speaking what I feel was a lot of truth when he because yeah. Daniel Bryan what called him safe. He said, "You wrestle safe." Yeah. And then that whole rebuttal between the two of them oh. was amazing. Like it's yeah no yeah no it was it and was, so yeah like when he got traded to Tuesdays that was the first thing I thought of. Oh, even beforehand, like I say, that's like, that's what I want is just, yeah. Well, I actually kind of want, I actually, I really wanted it to, to happen at Mania and like to be basically a year of anticipation, you know, essentially. And like, you know, Mania, the Mania main event being like Daniel Bryan being the champion and Miz winning the Royal Rumble or vice versa and challenging. Do you yeah. think they'll ever give that back to Daniel Bryan? Uh because he won the world title, got hurt, came back to a WrestleMania. They gave him that opening Intercontinental run, and then he got hurt again right away. Well, I'd like to think that they would, but you know, when they see how over Rusev is, and they just won't turn him face, they continually be have him be, and just won't let him win anything. The combo of him yeah. and Aiden English is pretty sweet, which but, I never would have thought of after what was hey, it? Vaude Villains was his debut. Yeah. So. Um, you know that's the thing like the most like he, he was one of the most over guys there oh, rusev day rusev. is huge like yeah there's so many people wearing rusev day shirts and like just wandering around like you know if if someone was wearing a rusev day shirt like half of new orleans would be wishing you a happy rusev day like it, it, that's what it seemed like because one of my friends who I went with had. So I heard oh, they, it went away. Like they did a bunch of weird 3D effects for the pay-per-view for us that I guess was only. F- I thought it was like laser stuff that was actually somehow in the stadium. Yeah, but. no, 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 not for us. Actually, um, it was during the Takers match or the before the Takers match where like they had the thing in the sh- his uh, his his jacket and hat in the ring and then it bl- lightning, the lightning came, yeah. came down and whatever I just happened to be actually like looking sort of glancing up at the monitor and you could sort of see the uh, the the ring at the same time and it's like oh it, they don't actually show that it, I was always wondered how that was done and it, it's just for the viewing audience yeah, they did a bunch okay. of cool like 3D like yeah. New Day of course. They had a ton of cool 3D effects and everything just yeah. and they said it was just for the television stuff. Yeah. Um But yeah, like the Rollins win out of the gates, I loved it. Yeah. Um like you said I, you're more of a Balor guy. I I love Finn Balor, um but I mean, I'm not not a Seth Rollins fan. So like yeah. I you know, I was happy for him winning um mostly because I wanted I wanted uh Miz to go above the Intercontinental Champion and you know or did you not want him beating the Honky Tonk Man streak 
Well, or Chris? Do, no, I guess he would have to lose and win again to tie Chris Jericho. So there's always that there. Yeah. Well, because he's at eight wins and Jericho's at nine reigns. He, yeah, I when they're talk, building up to to it, he he's like less than thirty days away to being the total like all time adding them together adding yeah. them together being the total you know the longest reigning intercontinental they did bring that up because they said he had yeah. passed pedro morales or something yeah. but but he still needed to like make it past wrestlemania to backlash or whatever to do that and, yeah and obviously he didn't so no uh the one person that i really wanted to uh beat the honky tonk man's uh record was um santino morella the honkometer yes <laughs> So when that didn't happen, I'm like, okay, honky tonk, man, you can have that forever. Um, since I don't get Raw and SmackDown regularly and I just see highlights, when did the inclusion thing happen for Finn Balor? Uh, it was pretty recently. Was it? Yeah. Because, yeah, like, I didn't know what was going on. Like, they all came out and I'm like, okay, whatever. And then, yeah, Corey Graves was like, oh, he epitomizes inclusion and wants everyone involved. And it's like, okay, cool. But, yeah, like, yeah. I had no idea that was... Yeah, that's... Is it an ongoing thing with his shtick, or was it just for the one night? Uh, no, it's pretty much ongoing, although probably not at the Greatest Royal Rumble, because um, Saudi no. Arabia doesn't quite like inclusion as much. I'm dumbfounded. Well, I guess I'm not dumbfounded, but, like, there's no women's matches. Uh, women aren't allowed. Right. In fact, they probably won't actually even be there, because I was just reading this. Um, women aren't allowed in sporting events unless they're accompanied by their husbands or fathers. Or fathers. It's so middle Or ages. brothers. You know, you could have brothers too, but apparently the, the families of oh, the women's God. wrestlers don't uh, travel with them, so hmm. they, they probably won't even be there. So, yeah. Um, no, it's... Yeah, I'm not sure how long it's been going on, but it's been... It's been... A, it's been... And they a, took a Gallows while. and Anderson away from him, right? Yes. Because he's still and, Monday, right? Yeah. Uh, so Balor Club's done. Uh, yes. Well, sort of. I mean, it's Balor Club for everyone. So he's yeah. by himself. But I mean, I guess everybody is a member of the Balor Club or whatever. Did you cringe when they attempted another uh, turnbuckle powerbomb with him on the outside? Because that's what hurt him, right? A uh, little bit. A little bit. Although. Because he won the universal title, but that yeah. buckle bomb took yeah. him out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, sorry. Just the uh, watching. um I watched a bit of most of Takeover after I got home, and you can't quite hear some some of the uh, the, the chants. But uh, during the uh, the ladder match, there is a spot where there's a ladder in the in the middle of the ring, and it was Velveteen Dream and uh, Ricochet fighting, and they propped a they put a ladder horizontally between the ladder in the ring and the 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 turnbuckles or whatever the corner, and they were battling it out on front of that and our half at least our half of the arena was was uh, chanting please don't die <laughs> please don't die please don't die. and you you can't quite make it out like i watched it and i'm like i knew i knew what they were saying but if i hadn't i probably wouldn't have been able to figure that out so yeah but uh so that one that was the one that really you know um uh, made made us all cringe. Nice. <laughs> it's like, but how come you think? Uh, what's your opinion that they let him start doing the curb stomp again? Because it disappeared, and they kind of forced the pedigree on him there for a while. Yeah, and but now he's no longer really feuding with Triple H, so it doesn't. Or he's not Triple H's guy, and he's not 
you know, they're not building up to a match with him, and so I guess they gave it back to him. I yeah. I was told the curb stomp went away because of PG reasons. They didn't want kids <laughs> emulating that one in the playground as opposed to every other dangerous move. Uh, it's that's <laughs> entirely possible. I've not really and the buckle bomb it. because of the sting incident is yes. what I understand. But yeah, he barely cleared that. By the way, yeah. <laughs> Actually, one of the th- one of the things is um, apparently in like the the sports commission or whatever in Louisiana banned pile drivers. Um, the WWE was exempt. I don't know about like because Ring of Honor had a show there and and Impact had a show there, so I don't know if they were big enough to be to be uh, exempt as well. But like in all the indie shows we saw, like there are so many people, you know. Uh, pretending almost doing a power bomb and was like, or a, a sorry a, a pile driver a pile driver and that got the crowd going and there was lots of spots like that and then when someone actually would do one it was like oh my god well i have well if you take the tombstone out of the equation like yeah. kane and undertaker yeah. i have seen one like the old mr wonderful style pile driver what is yeah. that the sit out i yeah. don't whatever i've seen one of those in the last 10 years in wwe and it was uh, a normal raw match between Punk and Cena. Yeah. Because Cena attempted Hurricane Rana and Punk did a normal pile driver. And both times the crowd was just like, what's going on? Yeah. awesome. Uh, um, I miss Punk. He's my favorite of all time. All Him? time, no, but because that's easily Brett for me. Ah. <laughs> but yeah, like the only DVD I own, like I have best in the world sitting over here. Like yeah. I love punk. I uh, still buy a bunch of his like current shirts off pro wrestling tees and stuff like that. So, uh, punk than undertaker for me. Nice. Uh, you know, and so getting to see undertaker at was, was pretty awesome. I, Although I, it's the one match that I was silent for because it was just like, this is my guy. I just, I just want to take this in and not like, you know, the rest of it, I, you know, chanting and screaming and, you know, doing all this. It was totally into it. And that one, I was like, no, nice. This one's for me. Speaking of silence, um, how did the crowd react to Oscar losing? Uh, there was shock throughout. Cause like to me, that would be like the one moment where, cause like, I don't know, like, I, I feel like WWE did a few things tonight to kind of say, like, you all think you know what's going to happen, so F you. And I think Asuka was one of those moments. I think the main event was one of those moments. Yeah. Um, it definitely was one of those one of those things that, like, everybody was, was shocked. Like, every, you know, everybody was like, oh, it's definitely going to be Asuka. It's, you know, um, and that. And, you know, and, oh, it's, then it's going to set up for her and Ronda Rousey next year at, at Mania. And, and, you know, and that sort of thing. And, and yeah, and so, but, so it was kind of shocking. But then afterwards, it's like, okay, like, she herself watching her look she looked almost relieved and now they can just have her be a wrestler and maybe she'll lose like up until that point it's like nope she's not gonna lose because they did the uh the mixed match challenge i was just gonna bring that up they uh, counted that as part of her winning streak i know and like i I didn't watch any of it so i didn't you know i didn't uh i didn't know that but then i heard about that and was like oh yeah then obviously she's going to win that because there's not she's not going to lose it in a you know in a tag match yeah i didn't understand that either and then all of a sudden like because i would watch them every week when they would release a match and all of a sudden she's yelling at the miz like don't cost me my streak and i'm like yeah that would be like if bill goldberg was in a tag match and had nothing to do like yeah 
Yeah. So I. Anyway. So yeah. So that was kind of telegraphing it. So yes, when so when Charlotte won, it was like wow, but awesome. Like and amazing you know, match. It, it, oh, it, yeah. That was also one of like the top one, two, three matches of the card. Like I mean, it easily. Was, yeah. You know, it was. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't quite as shocking as Brock beating the Taker streak, but you know, yeah. it was. It was pretty far up there. It's just, yeah, and even, like, little things. Like, I still enjoy the little things, like, when she bridged and she wouldn't use the arm that was hurt earlier. Because I think a lot of people now, it's like, you get, like, you get powerbomb, but then you pop up two minutes later and you never hold your back again. And I feel like, I don't know why, but it seems it's more evident in a lot of the ladies' matches that they seem to be at this point where they're, like, I don't I don't want to say doing it better, but, like, they sell better and they they're still telling stories and like actually the um the nxt women's championship match was a good example of that just because i didn't catch it while watching it live but i watched the replay and like when you know when she first put the choke on uh ember moon you know hit her arm and broke the broke it up broke out of it and then at the end of the match she was actually choking her with her right arm and holding onto her own hair and not using her left arm. And they were pointing that out. Because like, cause her left arm was injured. And it's like, I didn't notice that. Like, obviously I saw the stomp and all that. And okay, there. And But I didn't notice it watching it live. I'm like, that is awesome. And I honestly don't remember, like, storytelling, injury storytelling like that. Probably since Bret Hart. Yeah. And stuff like that. Like, because the second Charlotte went outside, hit the wall, they have Asuka point oh your arms hurt and they just kind of slowly and they would keep going back and they would talk about it and stuff and I just I like storytelling like that like one of them hurt their leg one of them hurt their arm they're both working on the right things like yeah it was really great so um and then what I'd like to think was almost the first bathroom break match sadly was the U.S. title match (laughs) yeah eight minutes long yeah that for four enough. guys that was long enough I mean the crowd wanted Rusev to win um I was okay with anyone but Orton because I'm just I'm tired of Orton and you know I I like he's he's not he's really good they uh, wanted him to be a Grand Slam champion that's yeah, the only th- that's I I know I'm just I'm still pissed at him from like last year when they finally let Bray Wyatt win the the championship and it was also that they could have you know Randy Orton take turn it from on him. him turn on him and take it that was which, a terror I never understood oh. the pairing of those two and like yeah, yeah neither did I I was like wow okay he's finally he, Randy Orton is part of the uh, Bray Wyatt's family. Like, okay, they're billing Bray Wyatt. Oh, no, they're not. Nope, nope. They're just, you know, it's just another way to get Randy Orton a championship. Like, so, but yeah, so I was I was on an anybody but Randy Orton. Uh, my friend Wade there hates Jinder Mahal, so he was not impressed with the finale. Uh who got a bigger pop? Because I'm, I love Bobby Roode's gimmick. I love old school bathrobe sequence looking like the glorious music to me is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm assuming Rusev was the biggest cheer. Oh, absolutely. By far? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, by far. So how devastated was the crowd when... Oh, they were pretty pissed, but, you know, whatever. It was... 
I know. My friend was more upset that it was actually it was uh, it was his least favorite wrestler ever winning the. T- <laughs> so you know. Yeah, it's funny because um, it was during the U.S. title match that my friend Olu came over, and he's an HR guy, right? And it's so funny because he comes in, so we're just standing here. We haven't even sat down yet because the match was. I wrote it down here. Yeah, like eight minutes long for a four-way match which is dumbfounding but like so we're chatting getting comfortable I'm like oh they just started this match and all of a sudden Jinder wins and he stops and he looks at the TV and he goes that's a diversity win <laughs> it's like total HR talk <laughs> I think his his title win last year was a diversity as they're trying to expand into India yeah more so this time this time it's a it's more of a I think it was more of a fuck you to the fans for cha- for cheering Rusev who's supposed to be a heel <laughs> like really that's I just, what I feel this whole they're denying it they keep oh, denying it yeah and it's just and he is so over like you know I and mean, it looked like his trunks were like American looking trunks as opposed to like his Bulgaria colors because yeah. they were like blue with white stars on it I'm like yeah. So I was expecting him to like full on turn, embrace America, everything short of bringing Jim Duggan out to hug him and like yeah. move into Rusev Day era, but no. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can see why that was kind of like a not as anticipated match because then after that was the big one, which super impressed me was the Rousey Angle match. Yeah, she was. I was kind of scared for that match because I was like, who. You know, Ronda Rousey, fantastic athlete. So I had hopes that she would be good. And, uh, but, you know, I mean, it's, you get Kurt Angle, who's worked, you know, one or two matches in the past year, and Triple H, who's done the same, and Stephanie, who's never been a, you know, a regular, you know, entertainer. Uh, you know, and, uh, and so you're like, yeah, I don't know. And yeah, no, like, and the crowd was super into Ronda Rousey. The, um, I was surprised at how popular she was. Like I was, because you know, you know, you like the fans completely and utterly turned on Brock Lesnar. Essentially, you know, um, later on in the evening, and so you know, and I'd gotten a sense of that beforehand. But I mean, like you know, Ronda was like, she's you know, okay, she's the baddest woman on the planet, maybe, and she, you know. But like she's coming off of some devastating losses, and where she ha- and you know where she hasn't fought very often in the last few years, and now she's trying this wrestling thing. And like I mean, she looks super happy to be there and excited and all that. And so it's like okay, and she is you know she's a former Olympic cha- or you know former Olympic world bronze champion. medalist, yeah, yeah, and world champion and judo and UFC champion and like so dominant for so long. And so like I have no doubt that she had the physical tools to do it but you know that's like people work for years and decades to get to the main roster yeah they brought up shamrock a lot in the commentary i don't know if you watched that match back or not but yeah they kept saying like she's following the footsteps of another successful ufc guy ken shamrock who Uh, successfully came over Um, but it's funny because they were like oh the only ufc person to come over and be successful and i'm like i pretty much remember dan severn I know Tank Abbott was around, but they like wiped the table and they would well, only talk about Shamrock when they brought her up with yeah. the UFC references, at and, least. And to be, and I actually saw Dan Severn wrestle a match uh, in one of the indie shows. So, still, yeah, 
Wow. The Beast. Uh, he, yeah. And apparently, and Merv got a autograph from him, and apparently he's really nice, too. And he's quite cordial and... and oh, he always seems super yeah. nice, which was I, also, like... Which, that was cool because I remember like in university renting the original UFC videos right and he's just this like super nice guy and he would come out almost like with a wrestling if you watch the old UFCs he comes out with the NWA world title really he was already doing pro wrestling when he went to the UFC so they already came out and so like when his entourage is walking into the ring he has just a white towel around his neck and he's just wearing the red trunks and the knee pads so he looks like a pro wrestler and the guy behind him is holding up the NWA world title because at this time it wasn't like WCW had that belt yeah (laughs) like the big golden one so NWA really didn't have anywhere until TNA met up with them years later (laughs) but yeah like it was funny because I have fight pass also and um, yeah, I was watching, I decided to watch UFC 1 through 10 just to kind of relive it. And yeah, Severn comes out with like the NWA world title. And that's like the irony in that is like. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, first UFC event, show that I ever saw uh, some friends in university rented um, the first super fight between uh, Ken Shamrock and Dan Severn, which they spent the entire time circling each other, occasionally swatting. And it was the worst thing ever. It's come a long way. Uh, it has. It really has. Like, even the original ones, because, like, no one knew what jujitsu was unless yeah. you were a hardcore, like, fan of martial arts, right? Yeah. And to watch, like, Hoist Gracie, like, and he was, what, a buck fifty? Yeah. So these big guys would, like, be trying to beat the crap out of him. He was like a snake. He'd slowly wrap to where he wanted would be, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, you can't breathe now. And it's like... Or your arm is breaking. And there was no like, time limit. You're crying, yeah. Yeah. It was so funny, because UFC 1 had rounds, and then after that, the rounds went away, and it was just a straight-out fight to the winner. <laughs> So they kind of went, it was weird how they had this round system with judges and then it went away and then it came back again, right? Yeah, yeah, like Angle in the Shield match, I think we were talking about the Shield part before, but he didn't look great at all. But I don't think, because he had to step in, I think they had no one else. And in this match, at least he looked like he was in shape. He did did his rolling German suplexes. Yeah. the one belly to the belly, he kind of went off to the side because I don't think he could get him over the head. But like he looked great, like he he looked good, yeah. Um, and yeah, and Ronda looked like a million bucks, honestly. Like, and and once again, like when we were talking about the women's match having like classic elements in it, this had to I make myself sound old. This had <laughs> classic tag team elements to it, like. Steph interfering and then Rhonda getting yeah. cut off by the ref or her running around and pulling her off and like yeah. just or the the almost tag and like there were so many things that made and it made me think of like 80s tag team wrestling like back in the day when it was like Killer Bees, Rockers, Heart Foundation, British Bulldogs like and it was such classic heel tag team match and it was so good and then by the time like I don't know how loud it was when he finally did tag her oh yeah it was that was a big pop, yeah. And it feels like she was across the ring in half a second. Oh, she's so fast. Like, I just, watching her on Raw, where she got into the ring with Mickey James, it was like, blink, and like, Mickey James down on the ground. It's like, oh my god. Like, yeah, she, like, she'll, it's almost like she'll actually have to slow down and be worse to be better. It's like, to be a better entertainer, just because otherwise she's like, just so fast. I remember Kurt Angle saying he had that problem because with 
I'm sure judo wrestling. When you're in a competition, you have your muscles yeah. just go on autopilot, and you yeah. do all these things, and you have to do them faster. You're going to lose, and I think that's where it comes into play. Like, because yeah. Angle said he had a problem choreographing things when his body wanted to do other stuff, yeah. and it's true. Like you said, like when you watch Rousey, it's like boom, she's like up, flying, spinning. Like, um, I love the rolling clothesline she did out of the gates. Yeah. I haven't seen that since Conan, probably. Yeah. But she had a couple. I don't like her like weird spinning Samoan drop thing that she does. Yeah, like she's still she's still rough around the edges. I I will admit that, but like yeah, I could definitely see her, you know, you know, being regarded as one of the best women's wrestlers of all time in a few years if she sticks at it if she they keep her on. Did they ever and, say how many years she signed for? Uh no. I'm curious. I hope it's not just like a one-year tour. I, I don't think so. I think it's multi-years. But okay. so, because no, like, like, and and she said in interviews, and you know, take it for what it's what it is. But I mean, she said in interviews, like you know, like she's been a wrestling fan for her entire life, and so now that she's doing this, she's giving it a hundred percent, and she wants to be the best at it. So yeah, and like and, of her f- three best friends, like their version of the four horsewomen of yeah. what was MMA at the time. Yeah. Baszler's the NXT champ. Rousey's doing amazing like and uh yeah and I can't remember the other one who's like married to Roderick Strong oh really yeah okay yeah uh it's Jessamine Duke and then the other one whose name I can't remember and she's Roddy's wife okay Jessamine Duke is a Twitch streamer oh is she yeah so I'll go like I've actually had like have you ever watched Twitch where you watch people play video games uh I've only watched YouTube videos of them okay um but I love Twitch. Like, yeah. I went to it because Star City Games used to live broadcast yeah. their tournaments on it. And then I branched out and started watching, like, Hearthstone streamers and all stuff. And then, yeah, because I like UFC and that stuff, I found Jessamine Duke. She, yeah. when she's not training, she streams herself playing all these video games. And, like, huh. I've been in, like, type ask a question, she'll answer and stuff. And then, like, last night, um, Mighty Mouse, what's his name? Demetrius Johnson. Johnson yeah. He has a Twitch stream now. And so it's him playing like player unknown battleground with a bunch of friends. And like I said something to him and he's like, hey, Connor Savage, how's it going? I'm like, this is super cool. Hey, but yeah, I'm waiting for it was super cool because when I was chatting with Jessamine Duke, I said where I was from. And she's like, oh, I was in a Taekwondo tournament in Regina. Oh, wow. And I was like, that's kind of (laughs) cool. So I'm just waiting because they they teased it a couple like last year or year before. When they had, like, Charlotte, Becky... Uh, it was during the May Young Classic. Was it? Okay. Yeah, because it was... Shayna Baszler was right. in it, and they, you know... Yeah, they specifically had the the Charlotte and Becky... The two four-horsewomen yeah, things. And that and that's sort of that's sort of what we, we assumed was going to happen here. Like, I got this WrestleMania, and then didn't happen, but, you know, she did... Uh, Ronda signed full-time, and... Yeah. Yeah, And so, Baszler's doing well. Like. Oh, I love Shayna Baszler. She, in my mind, she is like the best women female heel going right now. Like she's just this badass bully, you know, like, you know, maybe her mic work isn't the greatest, but like, she's still like, she, she looks legit when she's beating people up and like, and I like the queen of spades thing too. Yeah. Like I, I was watch I was watching her match at Fan Access and like there's a guy in front of me and he was just completely into it. Like she when she stomped the arm, he was like cringing and turning away and he was like <laughs> you just like he was 
a huge fan and mostly because she he didn't want her to beat him up and i'm like i'm right there with you <laughs> yeah. I, I will boo her from way back here when she's <laughs> right in front of me i'm like you're awesome because i love because yeah then there was that one picture where was it wrestlemania or whatever where like rousey and the other and basil and them showed up and they were all wearing like i'm a paul Heyman gal shirts yeah yeah, I can't remember where that was from, but I think I saw that. Yeah. So I assumed that she was going to come in as a heel and ha- and then yeah. be a Paul Heyman person, right? Yeah. But that's also pretty. Like, yeah, I... considering he already is the spokesperson for the monstrous MMA guy, yeah, it's a little predictable. Um, I take it the crowd went nuts for like when she won. Oh yeah, but it's also I... is it? It's the longest match of the night. Really, I didn't realize that and yeah that's it's number one or two i wrote down 20 minutes for that and 20 minutes for aj and shinsuke see and aj and shinsuke just seemed like it was starting get getting started when it ended like we were expecting another like five ten minutes of like incredible moves and kickouts and whatever and it's like oh that that's it so that was a little disappointing the the heel turn afterwards was amazing and fun and i'm really loving shinsuke now as a heel you know they're uh he's on smackdown and renee is trying to get a an interview with him and he's like sorry no speak english <laughs> and just like, blows her off and it's like yeah that's awesome nice yeah like it was i think it is the longest or second longest but yeah and like um i think a lot of people were expecting like tag her in let her squish staff and that would be the end of it yeah but like every time they did like a false false finish or like a cutoff or something it was awesome like especially yeah. when she had the arm bar almost in kurt had the ankle lock in and helmsley yeah. spun oh. and they collided i was like this is awesome even like yeah. the hitting into the post on the outside like oh it was well done and like leading up to it i was pissed off that they made stephanie kind of like look strong against her but in the end like it was 20 minutes of awesome like, it, it really was like yeah the crowd was nuts for everything she did basically everything Rhonda did you know and booing Stephanie for you know like yeah for everything she did basically because did the Piper look because I see they hit her behind smoke to start uh yeah we saw we saw the the little kilt yeah, yeah did so. people pop a little more when they finally got a look at that or was it kind of expected uh, after she had his jacket uh I don't know that it was expected I don't I don't know if that gave, got the extra pop, but... You know, or she just, was already... They were already completely nuts for her and excited, so... Because I was excited, and then, yeah, when the smoke went... Because she was doing, like, the fake... You could see her kind of shadow boxing through the smoke, and then the smoke drop, and I see this, like, little kilt and, like, the Piper outfit. So, we were, we were off to the side, so we couldn't quite tell see that happen. Okay. And so, like, it was weird, because the, they didn't... They showed some of the entrance... But not all of it on the on the Titan Tron, the Jumbotron. Was whatever, there a so. Tron like above the ring then? Yeah. Because yeah, so, like I was trying to figure out how you guys would get better close ups because it was a weird yeah. round thing, wasn't it above? Um, yeah, it was it was it was circular, but so it had like just sections. Oh, okay. So because in your picture, even I was like, how would you like? I don't yeah. know how they would show other yeah. stuff. And then yeah, the main entrance was those goggles. The, yeah. the eyewear so i was like yeah. i wasn't sure how yeah. you guys would see certain things yeah so yeah we didn't quite but you know didn't get but whatever we were it was awesome yeah <laughs> we um yeah on to uh close to my least favorite moment um uso's new day and bludgeon brothers <laughs> see above and beyond the little people pancakes <laughs> doing the worm <laughs> 
Okay, so that was awesome. The rest of it, I'm just, I, I don't understand the pancake thing. I'm just, you know, I was, I was okay with Bootios. I was okay with them pouring. Was it cereal. last year or the year before they poured out of a box of Bootios? Uh, I think entrance. it was the year before because last year they were the hosts. Right. Okay. Uh, but I was okay with them pouring cereal into people's faces and that, but like just randomly throwing pancakes out. I just, I don't, I don't get it. Um, so you didn't understand. like the pancake save at the Royal Rumble? Uh, that that was my least favorite Kofi save. Um, I will admit. Uh, <laughs> still impressive as all, but. What do you take on, like, why are but, they doing this with the Bludgeon Brothers? I don't know. I'm enjoying it because I've always liked them um, back when they were with Bright Wyatt, like, especially in NXT. You know, they were just, like, these big badasses and that and, you know, dominant tag teams. And it's, like, it's nice to see them actually be the monsters that they were trying to make them or teasing making them, I guess, yeah. is the best way of putting it. And so, yeah. So, like, I mean, yeah, that was... It was shocking that it was basically a, a, a you know, four on two. It was a horrible squash. It was a squash match. It was like four on two and the four got squashed. Six minutes, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but I mean, I know, I'm, as as awesome as the, as the Usos were, I, I'm, I was ready to see them drop the belts. Um, and I wasn't really happy with the New Day being the number one challengers because like, we saw that, you know, it was over with. They had the big feud and that, and then they're like, yeah, no, we're just not going to, you know, promote Rusev Day as the tag team champions. We're not going to do, you're not going to, you know, do these guys or these guys or these guys. It's like, Who yeah. got shipped over in the shakeup? The uh, bar the went bar, to Tuesdays. bar went to Tuesdays. Um, the Ascension and Brizongo went to Raw. Right. Chad Gable went to Raw. Uh, yeah, but, Benjamin, but I saw his Shelton, promo saying but that Shelton stayed. he doesn't need him. Uh can't remember um can't remember who else i just remember yeah. the bar seemed to be the only one to come across that would like contend with like yeah. like i like monster heels don't get me wrong yeah. like it's nice like braun Strowman was a fantastic monster heel for a long time yeah and it's just but they're make like they literally destroyed yeah. the two top teams and it's like yeah. now what do you do with them though yeah i mean they're sort of um they're I, I the Usos are the tag are the challengers at the uh, payback. The well, no, the the greatest Royal Rumble. Oh, I keep um, that's tomorrow at noon. Yeah, but um, and so what they were teasing was well, basically Naomi has been inter is has been interfering to like try and like keep you know, please don't hurt my husband type thing, and like they had a one on one match uh, with. Roman. like elizabeth protecting macho man yeah kinda. Oh. yeah so it was like they had one-on-one -on -one match and like you know um jimmy or jay whoever was in it was you know getting beaten or whatever and then like she did her entrance so like the lights went out and then her music came up and she started dancing or whatever and that distracted them along enough for them the for the uso to get the win like oh, okay. you know and so so they're they're being the I know it's kind of heelish tactics, but like they're being smarter. They're outthinking yeah. them, I guess is the is the way to put it. And so that's how they're they're continuing this feud. So we'll I, see. Yeah, I really we'll like the new version of the Usos. Yeah, it's kind of like when The Rock got an edge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I they scream too much in their promos for me. That's that's just me. That's just my little <laughs> critique. They're of them. fired up about a fight. Uh, yeah, 
but they're just you know it's just like yeah I'm I'm they're awesome they're great to watch but you know their promos aren't my favorite thing about I them. just figured that was a squash match to kind of let the crowd kind of calm down because then after that was Cena yeah um Elias is totally over as well so I, mean, I love sort of, Elias he is he is amazing he is great um that's part of the, that's one of the things with uh with John Cena being in the crowd uh actually my at fan access earlier that day uh the Bella twins came out to do a uh, sort of an interview segment with getting questions from the fans. And one of the fans was asking him, asking Nikki about like if she would be sitting neck, sitting with John or where they would be sitting. And uh, her response was, well, he, he'd better get me front row. Uh, and then Brie was like, <laughs> you know, Daniel got me front row seats for his match. So um, when they broke up, like, that's why obviously you see John was sitting in the crowd alone and he wasn't front row he was sort of back a ways yeah I, I I don't know ever from ever since he started like those promos like calling out the Undertaker I was like I don't know where this is gonna go but like I don't know in, in the end I found the three minute squash match kind of fitting also you know it was it was one of those things because there's like it was so bizarre how they built up the match. Cause like, you know, every week it was like, okay, now the undertaker will come out and he didn't. Now the undertaker Kane came out did. for him once. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that, and so it was like, okay. And I was like, I'm a huge undertaker fan. And, um, his, his match last year, he was showing his age. And so I was, I was okay with him not coming back. I was okay with that match. I think we all were. (laughs) I was okay with that match being his last and okay, fine. It was Roman Reigns, but whatever, you know, like I just, I didn't want to see him being like this, you know, out of shape old guy, you know, who can only do half the movies he used to do and all that. You can say Ric Flair. (laughs) (laughs) And then he came out and like, he finally came out and it was like a short match, but he was, he was moving around like he he used to and he was like and it was like okay and so and you know i will be perfectly fine if they have a rematch next year at wrestlemania 35 you know yeah. with no his stuff know, was crisp like, and he nailed it like oh, he did old school he did like yeah. the sit back up yeah. and i love cena's reaction too like yeah. He, oh yeah and you know and john cena is is one of those guys who who can sell it and still be like, you know, because that's that's the thing. In the old days, everybody was like scared of the Undertaker. He was the dead man, and now he's, you know, I mean, he's he's getting up there in age, and he's, you know, they're putting more realism into things, and so people know he, oh, he's, you know, it's just a nickname and all that sort of thing, and so the mystique really isn't there. But so to see John, you know, to see under John going for the five knuckle shuffle and Undertaker sitting up and John like falling back because freaking out yeah did freaking out it's like yeah John Cena can pull that off and he's still John Cena he'll still get you know he'll stu- still move the most merchandise out of everybody and he'll still you know wrestle and he'll probably wrestle you know only you know a quarter or half the pay-per-views or whatever Styles and, just passed him for merch now oh did he okay uh, in since that, Cena became like the big phenomenon, only two people have outsold him ever, and Styles is one now, and Punk was the other. Yeah, I can see that because yeah, Styles is 
yeah, that he was pretty, he's pretty popular too. And there's, there are lots of AJ Styles chants going on. Yeah. And well, how long has he been doing it? Like WWE put up his tryout match from like 2000 or 2001 on the, on the YouTube channel. And he looks so young because that was before TNA. Oh yeah. Yeah, he does. I've, I've some of the, the, um, the, TNA DVDs from like their beginning or whatever and yeah it's just like he's, when it was still NWA TNA uh, yeah. yeah and that like and Raven so, and yeah. yeah and and Jerry Lynn and him and that and so it's like yeah it's he's so young and he needs to cut his hair but that's just me who called him a soccer mom uh, wasn't that Jericho was it maybe I think it was Jericho who said he had the soccer mom haircut I'm like, I love yes, Jericho yes he does Jericho is great <laughs> Um, okay, and then that was a nice kind of like everyone kind of got to relax and kind of watch this cool Undertaker yeah. thing. There was no stress to it. He just pretty much beat the crap out of John oh, Cena. Yeah. Um, and then after that was the Daniel Bryan match, which oh man, like seventy thousand people chanting yes, like you know every other chant, like you know you could sort of. You couldn't really tell what the other side of the uh, the stadium was chanting. You could hear them chanting all that, and so so just your half was chanting whatever they were chanting and that, and um, yeah, the yes chants were like basically everybody, pretty much everybody in the building doing it at the same time. Nice. It's one of the only things, and like that was, like I, I was surprised, like sort of knowing sort of. Like the you know the injury that Shane had succeed you know he's supposed diverticulitis to be, yeah and the the hernia or whatever and that sort of thing so I was really shocked at how much he worked that match like I was I was expecting it to basically be da- the Daniel Bryan show and it wasn't and so yeah that was when he got tagged in that was just phenomenal I mean like Wade my friend I went with like he Daniel Bryan is his favorite wrestler nice. ever so I mean we were already going to this and he was that was just made it that much sweeter just to see daniel bryan's return and nice i heard that and so the one i the was it Meltzer's thing um because yeah like my sound isn't the greatest right and um he said that when they attacked daniel bryan and hurt him it was right after everyone was all pumped yeah he's back and he said it was like you let the air out of the entire sails of the building because all of a sudden you were all waiting to watch him and then you heard him and carted him off yeah how pissed was the crowd oh yeah they were well i just you know we he was coming back we knew that so like but it was just that built up that tension that much more like we were all like yeah and just so was the tension just waiting for him or was there any actual like sympathy for like shane getting beat up oh god no (laughs) (laughs) oh flat out answer god no no everybody was waiting for daniel bryan like uh, yeah like Shane being in the match okay fine but it was he was just there as filler <laughs> like it was if you know I'm sure everybody would have been just as excited for a two-on-one handicap match yeah how many people were expecting some form of a turn in that match either Shane or Daniel Bryan um I know we both were like Wade and I were like we were sort of expecting one or the like I was sort of thinking it would be kind of great if they turn Daniel Bryan but after seeing the reaction I was like no they can't that's like they printing just, money they just can't like 
it's it's basically like the anti it'd be the Rusev day thing. Like it was like they'd be trying to turn him heel and nobody would go for it. Yeah. He'd still get all the yes chants and he no matter what he did, like, you know, he could rape small children in the mat, middle of the ring and people would still be chanting yes, yes, yes. Like, you know, that's how excited people were for him back. And so, you know, and so there's some thought that, you know, maybe Shane would turn but i mean and give them their but, jobs back yeah, or something yeah but uh yeah no it i never i think everyone is quite happy that it didn't cause. and he already had a pretty solid heel turn when he was on team hell no because he had yeah. the yes stuff then he had all the yeah. no stuff <laughs> yeah yeah and oh, uh, yeah like yeah and i would not be surprised if they get him a you know if he did like his merch sales will probably just you know climb and climb and climb because he is very much over Daniel Bryan was everybody's just loving him so um did you watch pretty heavily in like the early 2000s when Smackdown was like Edge Kurt Angle Eddie Guerrero and all those guys um back then the joke was that Raw was like the TV show and Smackdown was the wrestling show do you think they're back in that mode Um, I think I think they were for a while. Like, like when, when they first started the brand split and, and or first started with Shane on the one show and Stephanie on the other show, the SmackDown was definitely the wrestling show. Um, uh, but it's changed a little. I think it's changed a little bit in the last, you know, few months or whatever. Like basically since the, you know, Kevin Owens, Shane feud started really yeah. I think that's when it sort of became very much more uh, like like Raw in that they yeah it's a TV show as opposed to just the wrestling show yeah because I feel it became like even more the wrestling show after Kevin Owens lost the universal title and then went over there yeah and like because he's to me is more of a wrestler than a sports entertainer right and like once they had like him and Sammy and Shinsuke and AJ yeah. and like it just felt like more of like the wrestler wrestlers were on that show. Yeah. I mean, I think Kevin Owens is just one of the greatest heels going right now. And, you know, I've seen some of his indie stuff where he's not a heel and it's just like, Oh, you, that is weird. <laughs> like, cause he is so good at being a jerk. Yeah. See, I didn't, I didn't get a lot of, or I didn't watch a lot of Ring of Honor, so it was always like he had that. It would always be. It was still like the fight scene, fight stuff, right? Yeah. And like, hey, the the first, the first, basically the first. I I had a couple of the older DVDs from like back when like Punk was in Ring of Honor, but like uh, they have a one of the ABC stations actually has the Ring of Honor weekly show on, and like the I I caught it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to record this because it's on a like you know Friday night at like one two in the morning. So I like <laughs> I recorded it and uh, and I was like, you know, Kevin Owens had just signed. I'm like maybe they'll show him, and it just happened to be his last match in Aww. in Ring of Honor. So was, that's awesome. So. Ring of Honor's pumped out so many good people. Uh, they really have. Um. Next up, Bliss and Jax. Um, ten minutes. Should it have been more of a squash match? Like, cause they had 
because they threw out Mickey James, right? Yeah. And then they had Bliss. What was it? Working the leg. Working the leg. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> Bliss. I love Alexa Bliss. I think like if if Shayna Baszler isn't the greatest female heel, then Alexa Bliss is going right now. Based on, on talking, I think. Yeah. More than... Like oh yeah, absolutely. Like she is so amazing on the mic, um, and like if she was. If she was a foot taller, she would like I don't like it would be her and Charlotte, you know, going at it all the time. Like there would, you know, I'm I'm sure of that. Like because she has, you know, she just she's that good on the mic and uh, and but so it's yeah. I like it's, the little Miss it's, Bliss. <laughs> I I kind of. I know I'm torn because yeah part of me really wanted it to be a squash match and part of me just loves her so much that I'm happy that she got some offense in and looked like okay maybe you know she might have this by working the leg and you know that sort of thing so it's yeah it's tough like I mean it her in Elimination Chamber was uh, awesome because she was the last one out of the pod and yeah. then how she like climbed the wall to escape and get away and run oh, away yeah. and then that kept fueling the feud between like Bailey and Sasha. Oh yeah. So good. Oh, like I say, that that is that is how you work a match as a heel. That really is, you know. No, she's great. Yeah, I love listening to her talk. I don't know what she was like in NXT. Um she was she was a face for a while and just like she was basically another little bailey really um almost you know just sparkly little you know miss bliss or whatever little miss and bliss then yeah. she uh she took over uh as the valet manager for um wesley blake and buddy murphy and they were like the tag champions for a fair time actually and she was their mouthpiece and that and that's when she turned and you know and but she was never like she was never the champion and she like i don't even know if she ever got like a championship match in the women's division and then like she got moved to uh to smackdown and just blossomed like just because her her mic work is you know so far above most of the women easily and like you know because you know i mean i love becky lynch but i you know she's not the best on the mic I think that was what I think her mic skills overtook Becky Lynch's other work. Oh yeah, because they still tout that original four, right? Like yeah. Charlotte, Becky, Bailey, and Sasha, right? But yeah, like so they made Becky yeah. Lynch the initial SmackDown Women's Champion, and then yeah, well, and then Bliss, no, Beck, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Right, and then yeah, and then Bliss just took it over, and, it, and she was such a great heel. Oh, and still yeah. is, like yeah, and then yeah, and then move she moved over to Raw and like was basically just you know won the championship almost immediately over there too so and was has been champion for most of the time yeah so yeah did you go to the last show in town uh, no. w- N- not the the house show no no okay no. yeah because yeah the women's tag match was actually pretty decent yeah and she actually got one of the better pops yeah. <laughs> but i think it's just her music that didn't didn't and then everyone's yeah. just like oh i know who this is and it's yeah but she's yeah it's just i don't know i thought they would just to kind of like with the bullying commentary that's been going on and everything, I yeah. thought they would just have Nia Jax come out and just like utterly steamroll her. Yeah, it's we. Yeah, it's just kind. It's kind of interesting because like that's that's the thing. Like it's the whole you know, Bliss got her come up and she was the she was bullying or whatever. And since then, um, you know, uh, 
Samoa Joe comes out on Raw to challenge Roman Reigns, and Roman Reigns just basically, you know, calls him fat. And it's like, really? So you're going there. That's your... It's, now you're being that bully. <laughs> like, <laughs> Didn't we, we just, just learn? <laughs> we just learned about, you know, shaming and all that. No. Uh, that... Okay, fine. And then... And then... And now... Alexa Bliss is turning it on, uh, on, uh, on, and doing all these comments about how, like, you know, she's being bullied by Nia Jax, and you know, and, it's like, and it is, it is awesome. I don't know that. I'm going to turn. The, so I've had this for a while now. The Amazon Echo. Yeah. And I forgot to turn it off. I have to turn it off before any time I watch wrestling because <laughs> the second that Alexa Bliss starts f- fighting and they bring her name up in commentary, <laughs> my Echo will go off. I'm sorry. I don't know what you want. What will you say? And it's like, oh, off. <laughs> and I didn't even realize it the first, I was, I can't remember. It was the paper, um, Elimination Chamber because then they kept talking about her when her pod opened and this thing kept going off. And it's like, what do you want? It's like, never mind. Um, so we kind of touched on it, like so. Everyone was pretty open to the Shinsuke turn. Oh no! See, there were dueling chants almost all throughout that that uh, that match. And like AJ Styles, Shin- Nakamura, AJ Styles, Nakamura, and like I was doing both. Like you know, there there you know most of the crowd was do- was one or the other. I was doing both because they were both awesome. Like I was quite you know, and so yeah, like we were like I say we were. It looked like it was going to be like this, you know, long classic match and like of them kicking out of finishers and doing new moves and doing each other's moves and all that sort of thing. And, you know, that and then it was like, nope, one one styles clash and it was end. And so it was like, oh, and that and and so like the the turn was 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 not expected at all. And that's I think that's what made it so great is like nobody was expecting Shinsuke to with the low blow and you know and that and so you know it was like okay and then it's like okay that gives it a legitimate reason to continue on and i'm happy about that i will watch those two fight for a while so you think they're gonna build up to some pretty i well that's the thing like they like i say everybody was expecting this big long match at wrestlemania and then it didn't happen and so it's like okay at one of these pay-per-views it's gonna happen it has to like the where they have a classic match so yeah they could because they are they're both that talented and they I mean, could slow boil it to SummerSlam. yeah, yeah. Uh, they could and i think a lot of people would still be there just as excited to see it at SummerSlam, even if we it's a slow boil and whatever and they have matches and that sort of thing just because i mean you know shinsuke back in new japan was a heel for the longest time and was one of their greatest heels and so from what i understand i haven't seen it but i mean and just in these last couple weeks of him being a heel it's like yeah he's he was wasting his talents being a face really i mean people were excited <laughs> to see him and all that and cheering him because it was this legendary guy from japan but like and yeah. his entrances and and his entrance yeah the the that's the they uh they changed his entrance um this week on uh, smackdown oh is it not the violins anymore it, it's the music but he got he has now some japanese singer singing like a different like lyrics and so it's not uh, not the oh, oh and that sort of thing and it's like that is awesome because that's like as as soon as he, he like 
on uh, SmackDown, like he, there was a dark match after, well, actually after two hundred five live. Red, white, and blue. Yeah. See, yeah. Anyway, there's a, there's a, there's, yeah, a dark match, and it was like Shinsuke versus Dolph Ziggler, and it was like, and it was so bizarre to see because like they're both heels. We're supposed to like we're not supposed to cheer them, so most people cheered Shinsuke, and all that, and sang along to his thing along to his entrance and and that was probably my favorite entrance of the of the night i mean undertaker's obviously as well but i mean but shinsuke's like that was her name again nia strauss i know it's alice cooper's guitarist yeah something like that something strauss yeah and that and so just yeah her playing the guitar and that was just great and everybody singing along because basically everybody in the building was singing along and yeah that was that was that was amazing and the match was you know a little too short but still it was really good um i think we because we're and and it's one of those things where you know i think everybody was expecting it to be like the greatest match ever almost and so so i think it would have been really difficult to live up to that hype so it's kind i kind of in retrospect i think we'll be quite happy the, the way it turned out but yeah and that is one of those cases where it's like you have such high expectations and like anything short of a five-star match will let you down yeah but and yeah the heel turn at the end was like okay i can live with this now and like it was like the second it's first or second longest match of the night like when you think that wrestlemania was five hours long and the matches are 20 minutes 20 minutes and then like 15 15 and then like there's a whole handful that are 10 minutes or less and it's just like there's so many promos and things going on and build up and hype and all that stuff that the matches almost got squished it seems yeah um after that was the little kid tag match yeah like once again um if you there all week long basically there's so much speculation and like every basically every name got thrown out there my guess was bliss uh i that's that's who i wanted to see I you know I thought that would be great. Um, Merv uh, wanted uh, them to bring back James Ellsworth to be the partner uh, because Merv needs a talking to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, James Ellsworth was there wrestling uh, all, on the weekend and uh, and whatnot in in some independent shows um, and you know basically the sort of the really big push with Braun Strowman was you know was when he you know destroyed James Ellsworth and James Ellsworth interfered and all that sort of thing and so it was like sort of there but then there's some thought that maybe it'll be Bray Wyatt you know coming in he was the big black sheep I guess yeah yeah and uh and then there's you know maybe it'll be Rey Mysterio like they say he's got an injury but maybe not and you know and then they bring out a kid from the audience and it was like and the crowd loved it which See, I thought they were going to turn on him so horribly. But then when he did that slow crawl to the kid and tagged him. Oh, my like, God. Oh, my God. The, yeah, like that kid was so over. Like, I mean, I'm sure if they had Nicholas merchandise, it'd be selling out. Like, uh, and so we, I mean, 
the point I tried to make to to my friends and a few random people is that uh, nobody seemed to realize that Braun Strowman just kidnapped that kid. He took him from the audience, and then they went to the back. And like, where's his parents? Where's the arguing parent? But, like, please don't drag my child into this wrestling ring. <laughs> yeah, but you know, okay. And then so it's so part of me wanted wanted to see them, you know, uh, be tag team champions for a while, and part of me is happy that they dropped the belts. Uh, I had this weird feel like before the internet came out and said it was one of the refs kids. Yeah. Um, I thought maybe he was going to go on this whole shtick of like grabbing a kid out of every audience and plopping them on the ringside. I was, I was sort of thinking about that when it first happened, I assumed it would be like, you know, it would be revealed that he was like Rey Mysterio's kid or he'd be like some wrestler's kid at who would then run out from the back and uh, take his kid's place. And that's that, a good idea. That's what I thought would happen. And then it was like, okay, well maybe then, and then the thought was like, Oh, maybe that'll, he'll be just pick some random, random, you know, quote unquote kid Plant, from, yeah. from the, from the audience or whatever. And, but uh, yeah, no, I guess it, I guess it sort of works. Although, I mean, it's, you know, you destroyed every, the entire tag team. The entire tag team division and single-handedly, essentially, it's like, yeah, it's not really the best thing to do. But I love Cesaro. Hey, I, I do too. Um, I love him with Sheamus. Yeah, um, and see, before that, I was pretty worn out on Sheamus. So um, was I. Like, but the bar, just the gimmick, the two of them, how they started as like feuding and then rolled into this group working together, and yeah. Um, and yeah. even start the start of them together, they were trying to one up each other yeah. and that, and you know, and it just, yeah. So thank Mick Foley for putting them together. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I've, yeah, I've, and they've, they've been great. Um, so, uh, I'm kind of happy that they got moved over to, to Smackdown. Smackdown just so that they can be dominant over there and not have to, you know, worry about Braun Strowman you know dragging another child into the ring to beat them up again like although that's the other thing that we kind of thought would happen was that braun Strowman would like you know decimate them and then tag the kid kid in to get the pin (laughs) which i I am happy that didn't happen but you know i mean it was it was it really was great that like he tagged the kid in the kid came in and like the the, seamus was like threatening him whatever he's like scared gets runs tags back out it's like okay great he was in the ring that was great we don't have to worry about like you know child endangerment or and anything like that. the ovation sounded amazing when he like crawled over and, <laughs> and the kid put his hand out and he like slapped the hand and like the crowd went nuts oh like i say i never would have expected if if you'd told me that was go- what was going to happen i was like you're oh my god that'll be the worst match of the night and it wasn't it really wasn't and the lead up to the main event too yeah oh yeah that's the thing like that's and that's the thing is like you know we're like oh okay there's one match after this so this will have to be some big huge surprise it's Nicholas (laughs) and then and yeah like they were Nicholas Nicholas chance going out that night and next night on Raw and like during the main event, because uh, no nobody was chanting for either Roman Reigns or or Brock Lesnar. Well, I, there was like one or two people, maybe. I but. guess we'll shift gears into that. Um, what was the loudest chant then? Because the one that I heard the most, because I was conversing and stuff while it was on, uh, the one I heard the most at least was "This is awful." Uh, yeah, I missed the CM Punk chant. Uh, there, sadly. there was a CM Punk chant. There was Boring. "This is awful." Um, I don't know. And I hear I there heard was boring. beach balls flying around that uh, pissed yes. people off. 
Yes. Uh, there were probably at least half a dozen beach balls being Did thrown Did they about. just show up during the main event? Yes. That's yep. kind of funny. Uh, yeah. And so there was a beach ball mania chant that went. Because uh, <laughs> they were supposed to be banned, uh, apparently, from from the because people don't like them. And I was pissed at them, but I mean, it sort of. In 70,000, how close do they come to you, though? Um, or do they just get in the way or cause a distraction? Well, it, yeah, I know. I I don't like them just because it's you know it's disre- disrespectful to the uh, to the wrestlers and but at that point like no nobody wanted to see that match at all. Like I mean, there was a few Brock Lesnar fans or whatever in the and I'm sure and apparently Roman Reigns has is one of the biggest merch sell- sellers too. I just apparently they're not the people who come to WrestleMania <laughs> at the house show. He was cheered big time Yeah, in his table match, but he had a yeah. table match with Braun Strowman. Right. And yeah, he yeah. was really cheered. Like. Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I think the, the biggest thing is, is like the fact that, I mean, they've pretty much been building towards this match for two years, you know, basically ever since or over two years, because like they had, you know, it, 2015 two, was two when year- Seth cashed in yeah. this last time on those two guys. Yeah. Like, or I thought it was two years ago in Dallas. I thought it was. Or was it was Dallas two years ago or three years ago? Because um, I thought Seth Rollins' title reign was 2015. Wade went to the one in Dallas, and so that that's what he was saying. Like he um, is that people were booing the Roman Reigns match then, but it was just boos, not like actively working to try and sabotage the match, which is what was happening. So yeah, there was Rusev Day chants going on, and basically anything. Thirty one. Okay. Was right. the cash in? Okay. Because I guess yeah, he had his whole run, then he blew out his knee in November and was gone for almost a yeah. year, and okay. has come back for a while now. Right. Anyway, regardless, I mean, Reigns has been being pushed for a long time. Yeah, and like pretty much since he you know started, and and it's sort of like it's sort of how you know The Rock when. He started out, he was Rocky Maivia. He had a terrible gimmick, and they were pushing him and pushing him, and people weren't having it because, you know, they didn't like this guy and all that. And it wasn't until he became The Rock and, you know... Joined the nation. Joined the nation, but did his own thing and, you know, where people where he became popular. And so that's the thing. It's like, you know, it's been... And the Usos to a point were kind of the same. Yeah, uh, yeah. I suppose. I mean, I, I think they were more popular when they first came yeah. up, but it, there was so people weren't actively hating on them. Yeah, it was just there was they just weren't popular. Um, but like with Roman, it was just like you know he's been Vince's guy for so long and been like oh you know because Vince has a hard on for Samoans, which fair enough, you know, um, <laughs> you know, but like and you know and he looks great. He he does. It's just you know he's been thrown in our faces and so a lot of the hardcore fans are like no you you haven't done anything to deserve this and you've just been thrown in there and we're supposed to accept it and you're not ours and so and like rusev is a classic example of the guy who like you know i mean he came up generically gets over just yeah just and and yet they won't push him like they could um could very easily like he could very easily like beat AJ Styles and people would go nuts. Oh yeah. And for the title and whatever and people would be quite happy about it and you know it would be over everybody would be and it wouldn't be like when Jinder won where it was like really 
this guy, but this guy's terrible. And it's like, no, they're gen- they genuinely love the guy. And so, yeah. And then you have Brock Lesnar, who is a monster, and people are like, and he might be this great attraction, but a lot of the hard events, like myself, are just like, no, the champion should be on the damn show. He shouldn't show up every, like, four months, you know, wrestle, like, a brief, terrible match where he does, like, two moves. I can't uh, remember, was this match with AJ any good when they did Survivor Series? Yes, it was It was pretty good because AJ got in some, some offense and it actually looked like he might be the David that slew Goliath. Because I stopped um, caring when he beat the crap out of Randy Orton and actually and the same thing used his elbows to get the blood yeah yeah and that's the thing and like when he first came back like we were talking I was talking about this with Wade is like when he first came back he was wrestling really good moves and then or really good matches and then he had the match uh, with where Suplex City came out with John Cena at SummerSlam where he squashed John Cena and did back like back to back squashes weren't they well it was the one where he just did like 16, 17 suplexes to him, and that was the entire match where suplexes or whatever, and that's where Suplex City came came about. And basically since then, it's been like he's been Suplex City and into an F5, and that's it. That's his entire match. And, you know, he might do a running knee. Or a and knee. the Goldberg matches were squashes one way or another pretty yeah. much. It, well, the... Except the, the Mania. Was it Mania? Yeah. Mania yeah. last year. It was an actual match. Two which, minutes of offense for yeah, each. Yeah. <laughs> basically. So, but yeah, but that's the thing. Like, you know, every, like, nobody really wanted either one of them to win. <laughs> Honestly, a lot, everybody there. They just, you know, and so, so in a way it was really good that it went on last in that it didn't sour the rest of the card. Uh, if it if it had been on earlier, then like the the fans would have turned on it, and then I maybe Daniel Bryan or maybe Ronda Rousey in retrospect could have brought them back. Although like put on AJ and Shinsuke last. Well, and and then have yeah. that heel turn be the tone for the night. Uh, and that was <laughs> that was one of the chance we wanted to get going during the AJ Shinsuke match was real main event, real main event. <laughs> it's too many syllables, but. Uh, Um, part of me wants to hope that um, Rusev is their plan for money in the bank because I think it would be awesome if he could cash in on Rusev Day but money in the bank's their July event right Uh, it's summertime like I'm pretty sure it's June or July June used to be king of the ring but but so like part of me because I think he would be amazing with the briefcase Oh, and yeah. Aiden English. So, I don't know. That's like my shining hope is they're like, we just got to keep this going for a little... Because we're, we're almost in May, right? Yeah. So go get through May, June. Keep Rusev Day kind. But I have a bad feeling tomorrow at noon he's going to get the crap kicked out of him in a casket match. And it's like... Oh, well, that, that's the thing. Like, you know, it's like, okay, great. He gets to face Undertaker. But he's like, wait, he gets to face Undertaker. On Rusev Day. Uh, under, in a <laughs> casket match. Right. He's not going to win. Undertaker's not losing a, ca- a casket match. So, yeah, then the other... On, like, the greatest Royal Rumble, this, you know, yeah. pay-per-view... I don't know who... Somebody shit. must not like him. Like, I don't... That's the thing. Like, it's... I think... I, I don't know. It's just my conspiracy theory thinking that, you know, Vince hates the fans and, you know... What you you're gonna boo my guy? Well, screw you! I'm gonna squash your the guy you love. 
which you know but how i don't know i feel like some days that he's still in control and there's other days where i feel like it's tv writers and an hr department and he just can't do what he wants to do anymore i i yeah i think well yeah i think he has a lot of a lot of say and there might be some of that where he can't quite do what he wants to do but i think a lot of it is him because i swear i, mean, I heard oh sorry Go ahead. I, you know ex- you know i mean trip Triple H is running like NXT and 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 uh, he just took over uh, 205 Live oh, and nice. since and since he took over 205 Live it's been much better and NXT is awesome. Yeah. Like you know that crowd was just insane. Through and that card was just insane. That takeover like that was yeah that the the latter match was in, on the takeover was probably my favorite match of the entire week, but um, you know that's yeah. just me. I'm also a ad- huge Adam Cole fan, so yeah. NXT is like the ultimate farm system, though. Like oh. it's brilliant. Like, and it probably now in these last few years has provided probably the best influx of talent since the old OVW yeah. run that gave. Because what was OVW was um. Cena, Batista, Randy Orton, Brock Lesnar. Um, I think Shelton Benjamin was there. Yeah, so, Haas, Benjamin, yeah, yeah. Punk was at the end of OVW, I think. Like, yeah, and that was all under Corn. Was it Cornette or Heyman or a mix of both? Um, I know Heyman was down there. It was Cornette until he slapped uh, Santino Morella. Okay, and then he got fired. I remember because okay. they had a big yelling match at some like a WrestleCon equivalent thing. Okay. Because, yeah, I guess Santino Morello was the reason that Cornette got fired. Because, hmm. I guess, Boogeyman came walking by and Morella didn't sell him as scary. So then Cornette, like, slapped him. <laughs> All right. Uh, no, it's... I don't know. Some days I'm like, it's good. It's... The wrestling content is back. Because, like, yeah. I feel it was very PG Sports Entertainment for quite a while there. Yeah. Um yeah they're definitely getting back into like the longer matches and like that's the thing that's like you you were talking about Smackdown being the wrestling show and like yeah like because when it they first when Daniel Bryan and Shane first took over took over Smackdown Live like it was the show that had like the you know matches that lasted more than one segment yeah you'd have a commercial break yeah. yeah that weren't the main event and you know they've been doing a lot more of that recently on like on both shows yeah but then Raw had that gauntlet match. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which totally doesn't strike me as something that Vince would want. No. Like how many? We, it was 90 minutes? Uh, Something like that. Because, yeah, because... Rollins Seth, was the majority of it. Seth lasted over an hour. And and then there was like a couple other guys who came after him. Yeah. Um, And that. So, yeah. So, yeah, that was... But then that falsely led me to believe that they might be doing more with him. Well, I guess he's the IC champ now. And, yeah. And as much as I despise The Miz, he did kind of... Because that title, it was kind of meaningless for a while when you think about some of the people that held it and, like, oh. that totally didn't deserve it. Yeah. Like, um, oh, man, who was it? In his first run, Drew McIntyre, I think, was uh, IC champ. Yeah. There was a few, like, they would show up and win the IC belt like super fast and it's like 
Yeah. I don't know. That should be the number two title. Yeah. I Drew McIntyre came is came back to I saw Raw he went, and up. and he cut a fantastic promo on this week about how like, you know, the entire roster has gone soft. And, <laughs> you know, and it's like, yeah, you know, he like he left, he went and did Was the, he three man band? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was him, Jinder, and and Heath Slater uh, yeah. as three MB. And Jinder doesn't look the same. And yeah, and Jinder and Drew both, you know, left. Uh, they brought back Jinder and Jinder because Jinder got jacked, uh, you know. And Drew McIntyre went, you know, was doing stuff around the world and was, you know, sort of one of the top guys in in Impact for a while, and yeah. and then came back and you know. And came back in NXT, which is just so kind of bizarre because he's like he was a main roster guy, and but you know he sort of they kind of I feel he brought back his credibility as a WWE performer in mm-hmm. NXT, and now he looks he looks awesome. He looks great. He looks big and imposing. And when he says that the roster has gotten soft and he's here to like you know kick the crap out of all of them, yeah, I believe it nice yeah it's funny one of the managers in my building um used to be a bodybuilder and like she's in her like i think she's in her 50s now like but she'll show pictures of when like in the 80s when she was just ripped right and she's a huge wrestling fan she's like one of the other people in the building that i'll like when i want to talk wrestling i'll go find her and we'll chat for a while right and it's so funny because she'll she when Jinder Mahal came back and won the world title, she looked at him and she remembers the three-man band days. And she's like, pretty much, because she was in bodybuilding, she's like, I know what kind of juice this guy's on. <laughs> she's like, you see this here and here? That's a sign that he's on. And she's like naming stuff. It's super funny to have like this 50-year-old woman being like, I know what he's jacked on. <laughs> but yeah, that's so funny. And Heath's been around that whole time, hey? Yeah. Yeah. I got kids. Uh yeah, one of my, you know, I do enjoy him, uh, his I Got Kids gimmick, but, you know, but yeah, it's one of those things where, like, they were the first, he and Rhino were the first t- SmackDown tag team champions, and then they lost the belt, and then they sort of got moved over to Raw, and they've been just, you know, sort of... He's another arc truth there are those guys on the roster that are just they're there now, they get yeah. their paycheck, they'll become pertinent for a while, and then they'll go, and, yeah. and like, it's... A lot of guys' careers are very cyclical. Like, our yeah. truth when he was put with the Miz, all of a sudden, what the heck were they called again? Uh, something true. The, the awesome, awesome truth. truth. Yeah. Yeah, but like, there's those guys, and like Goldust, he'll come and he'll go, and he'll have like peak moments and down moments where he jobs for a couple months or whatever. And there are those guys that just are like those company jobbers. And sadly, I feel like, um, why can't I think of his name right now? He like stormed off after he won the U.S. title. Oh, Ziggler! No, oh, yeah. I feel like he's become the like, I, I'm 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 important. I'm not important, and I lose a lot. Like when yeah. he was putting over Baron Corbin, yeah. And now and then he became important again, and yeah. he did this dramatic storm out, but then showed up in the Rumble and did nothing. Like it's just yeah, it's been weird. Although, like I say, they they've packaged him with Drew McIntyre back on raw oh that's who he's with okay. yes i haven't and watched so, the new stuff yet so it looks like they'll be tagging for a while and they do look like they could do some you know be pretty good as a tag team um because uh drew mcintyre's finisher is the claymore kick um which is basically a 
you know, big running one legged drop kick essentially. And, uh, he pairs that with Ziggler zigzag and that's Ooh. their finisher move. So, you know, it's, you know, they look like, they look like they could be a really good tag team and, and like, and yeah. And like <laughs> Ziggler, his, his promos the last couple of weeks on raw, it looks like he's been rejuvenated too. Like, it, I hope so. Like he like, just resigned from what I heard and he's yeah. like, making good coin yeah and but it just it like he's yeah but that's the thing like he i think he felt very you know underappreciated and like he you know he feels like he's the best on on one of the best workers on the roster and he wants to be the next Shawn michaels yeah we all know it yeah and he just you know he isn't and i don't know how much of that do you think was him getting the concussion a month after he cashed in yeah that's one because that's one of the loudest pops I've heard in like modern like oh yeah like don't get me wrong like late nineties when Austin's music hit it was bonkers every single week right yeah but like when his music hit was it the day after WrestleMania yes it yeah. was yeah no it was that was awesome I I remember that and hey that's why like you know uh that's one of the things that I got to cross off my my sort of wrestling bucket list was you know on smackdown carmella cashing in i got to see a money in the bank cash in and the crowd was oh the crowd was into that like the iconics came out and they destroyed they destroyed uh charlotte Charlotte. and as it was happening there was a carmella chant going like you you can hear if you watch the show it was like there were they were they were anticipating and finally she came out and then it was like one of those things where the ref was like are you sure are you sure and she's screaming and it's like oh no oh no they're not gonna they're teasing that charlotte's gonna get up and run it's like and like oh oh and then she one kick and down and yes excellent because i've liked Carmella from back when she was in NXT and so I'm quite happy that she's champion now I don't know how long she'll keep it I totally thought she was gonna fail yeah I because the whole Ellsworth thing had run its course and he was gone and that's why she won right and it's like and they tore her away from uh Enzo and Big Cass so like yeah yeah and yeah and so I I know I was like and and it had gone on for so long and a lot of that I think was just because they wanted you know Charlotte versus Oscar and you know title versus streak and yeah. they wanted that to mean something and so like my fear was that like Oscar was going to win and then she was going to uh, Carmella would try and like cash, cash in, in on Oscar and lose because they weren't going to ha- if if Charlotte wasn't going to break the streak then Carmella definitely wasn't going to either so I guess yeah they technically make uh, it a match yeah. yeah so you know so I yeah super excited when that happened so where were you you were like up and off to the side uh yeah we were in the 100 level um, just a little off to the side, so yeah, it's kind of hard to tell. But yeah, we were like the camera was on was facing us. Oh really? Yeah. Nice. So we were so we were somewhere there on that side that she's walking up on now. Um. Anywho, I have what? wasted two hours of your life. Oh good god! It goes That's by okay. fast. It, <laughs> hey, I could probably talk to you for another th- two or three hours about this it's yeah, and that's the thing like when my friend olu came over he's come over a few times and it's like 
because there's the Canadian network and there's the American network and yeah. I've hooked it up with the American one, right? Yeah. And so it's like, what do you want to watch? He showed up one day and I was watching WrestleMania 4 because I wanted to watch the tournament again. And it's just yeah. whatever I'm in the mood for, like I got in a mood to watch all of Steve Austin versus Bret Hart matches. Yeah. And just to go through all those was amazing, right? And it's just whatever I'm in the mood for, I get to watch. And I don't know why they can't have it this way. Oh, 